Uh, just, just, just respond on Slack so we can yeah, start. Just, just start. The Fantasy Six Pack Hour. With your hosts, yeah, Joe Bob, me, ah, <laughs> you're awful. Six a.m. and Eastern. AJ Applegar. It's Sin Shu Sin Shu Chu. It's a mouthful. Right, all right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, and uh, we are grateful for his presence tonight after a, a very long day. AJ Abelgarth. Um, <clears throat> what's going on tonight, man? A lot, seems like. Yeah. What, <laughs> what's not going on as, as we start at 10 uh, 20 p.m.? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're welcome, America. You're welcome. <laughs> because I got my hair nice and did, I decided to get a cool, really unnecessary wind hairdo for my microphone. Um, All right. Because, you know, you just like to spend money on whatever. Sure. Yeah. YOLO. <laughs> right? Sounds is like that, a plan. Is that what the kids say? YOLO? I don't know. We allowed, I forget. I don't know what we're allowed to not do and wear anymore. Like, can't do the laugh emoji. You can't. You got to do the skull like you're dead. I don't know. I'm confused. I don't care. <laughs> I'm old. I don't care anymore. Um, that's Since how it's going to roll. Why don't we just start taking letters out of words that have been around for I don't know, eons. Is that a word that's still even used? Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. I'm confused. Let's move on, man. We got we got a long show and uh, it's late already, so we will we'll just move in. Before we jump in though, let's just remind everybody uh, subscribe and follow us on YouTube, Periscope, wherever you listen and and uh, watch us. We appreciate your support. Um, we have one of our favorite shows of the year, and uh, our guest tonight. As always for this is Chris Blessing from Baseball HQ. Baseball HQ, sorry. Um, Chris, how's it going tonight, man? I'm doing great. How about you? We're doing all right. We're doing all right. Uh, ready to drink my beer. And uh, all right. I think uh, we'll just jump into beer of the week on that note. All right. Awesome. Awesome. You want me to go first? Mm, beer. Uh, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, jump, right. jump in, and, uh, guest of honor. Go ahead and We're, share with uh, you. First, first beer uh, is Wicked Weed Brewing's Fresh Pressed. Good stuff, right man. here, it's, and it's then uh, you'll you'll hear something open at some point, <laughs> uh, and that's uh, we're gonna go with Red Hair uh, Tangerine SPF five fifty fifty. It's a uh, Indian Pale Rattler, uh, and. Uh, this is the first time I've had a drink since the new year, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, uh, thank God this it's be a late fun night, show, man. <laughs> and I can go back to bed, so that's that's always good. <laughs> we we might be ending earlier than we initially thought, uh, but no, we'll be good. AJ, what you got, man? All right. Well, um, speaking of New Year's and or Christmas, the Saturday Night Live special thing that came out 
about Kristen Wiig just getting a robe, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's where this came from, but it's the robe life from uh, Checker Spot Brewing here in lovely Baltimore, I believe. Yep. And um, brewed with Callista, Citra, and Mosaic. Wear the robe, be the robe, robe life. 8.3. I don't know. I'm just thirsty, so I'm going to stop talking and start drinking. Sounds good to me. Uh, I am drinking a beer from Burial Beer Company, brewed by Other Half, which is a beer company brew that I've had a lot of there in New York. I found out from Chris in the pre-show that Burial is actually in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, Fantastic place for beer, by the way, if nobody's been. Um, But uh, it's this is a good one. This is the 8.4 double dry hopped. Uh, double IPA, uh, Sabro, Citra, and Vic's Secret and Simcoe uh, hops. So, I gave it a four and a half. Man, this is one. This is one hell of a good beer. It's actually the the name of the beer. Sorry, I forgot about that. Is I used to be an athlete. It's a hell of a name. I like it. Uh, it's pretty fitting Fit, for my life. Fits you well. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Not and, and, no and, longer an athlete, as I have a hernia. Speaking of eons. <laughs> And to, and to kind of kind of fit this into our conversation, the closest brewery to uh, Asheville's McCormick Field, where the Asheville Tours play, is Burial Brewing. Nice. There you Good go, stuff, man. Cool, well, yeah. So, so taking that, we're uh, we're going to be doing our 2021 fantasy baseball prospect show. What we focus on here is not so much your deep dynasty leagues, you know, your big keeper leagues, things like that. We focus on more of a redraft aspect with this. And so we, we kind of hit those top end guys who can make a difference for 2021. Um, and right off the bat here, we're going to go top of the list. Wander Franco, obviously the overwhelming favorite top prospect on pretty much every list out there. I mean, does he have a role on the raise in 2021? Uh, and, uh, you know, if he does, like, where would you consider picking him up in redraft leagues? Well, first off, I don't know where his role is. I, I, I believe that he makes his major league debut this season, but I don't think it's going to be until like August or September. And uh, the reasons for that is, uh, of course, the Rays are flushed with middle infielders and third mm-hmm. basemen. And, uh, you know, you got Lau, you got Wendell, you got Diaz, you got Adamus, Adamus, whatever. Um, I have, I don't know why I messed that name up. All uh, right. You got others, and then you've got some prospects that are a little more ready. They're not as good, but they're a little more ready. A uh, guy like uh, Taylor Walls, who's kind of like a utility type, uh, who's like a borderline top 100 guy, but nobody ever really talks about. Uh, and then uh, Vidal Brujan, uh, who we'll, we'll be talking about probably a little mm-hmm. later. Uh, so like there's there's some company that's a little more ready than uh, than Wander Franco is. Uh, so uh, Wander uh, was invited to the alternative uh, alternate uh, um, training site, the ATS, and uh, got to face off against uh, you know some of the some of the better prospect or better pitchers in the Rays organization. Uh, the Rays are kind of flush with uh, with pitching prospects, so. Uh, he got to, you know, face them and, and the results were good. Mostly, uh, the one thing that was kind of a concern was his, uh, uh, he's a guy that's always had kind of a flat, uh, flat, um, uh, swing plane and 
it's still very flat. Uh, he had a very low launch angle. Uh, so right now he's kind of like just a line drive hitter. He, it's a power driven hit tool. So like, um, you know, I think the Rays are going to want to work with him a little more. Uh, uh, they were able to give uh, to to find some uppercut in Yandy Diaz, so I, I believe that they can work with anybody because, uh, like, he was somebody who uh, always hit the ball really hard, but like never elevated it. And you know, now he finds time. You know, he's still low launch angle guy, but he's still he can still get into a ball every so often. So, like, uh, Wander Franco. You know, you're looking at a future 300 hitter, but I, I, I just really don't see them rushing him, especially with all the, all the people that are there right now. Uh, if this was the, the Detroit Tigers, he'd be up <laughs> sometime. <in there. laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, to me, Franco isn't somebody that I'm targeting in redraft leagues just because you have to hold on to him so long. I feel like if he's even going to get called up this year, so it's just not, it's not worth hanging on to him. You know, obviously, dynasty leagues and keeper leagues are totally different, but that's not what we're focusing on here. But um, yeah. let's move over to the catcher position here. And obviously, you know, we've we've got uh, Adley Roshman and Joey Bart. You know, they are are very good options. Well, quick thoughts on either one of them making an impact this season. I really, to be honest with you, I don't think they will. Uh, I think I think with uh, Bart, Bart got called up early because of Posey and some injury mm-hmm. issues. Uh, he wouldn't have been up probably in a normal season where your player pool was kind of reduced. Um, so like, I think he needs some time in the major, in the minor leagues, especially to work on his, uh, his uh, contact skill. Uh, also, he wasn't uh, getting to the barrel. He wasn't really uh, getting that ball out in front of the plate or that bat out in front of the plate uh, too much. So he's going to need some work. And I think, I think Rushman, I could see him theoretically making it to the major leagues this year. I mean, I think he's ready. He's uh, the best. Uh, uh, I would say he's the best catching prospect since um, Matt Weeters, um, but better. Like that. Does that make sense? Like I know Weeters didn't really live up to that hype. Uh, yeah, the uh, hype was definitely there though with him. Yeah, I, I was there at it like as one of his first games. It it was amazing. <laughs> he was like, so excited. I think that the hype for Buster Posey was a little less than this. So like, that's, that's why I went, <laughs> there you go. Bobblehead. Yeah. There you go. Weeders. I actually was at Matt Weider's yeah. first home run game. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's cool. That was pretty that's cool. Terrific. <laughs> so, yeah. But I don't think, I don't think any of them will be a real factor. I think that there's some other catchers that might, might fit that mold. All right. So with, uh, with that being said, then, there's a there's a bunch of other prospects expected to contribute behind the plate this year, as yeah. you just alluded to. Uh, you've got Tyler Stevenson, Sam Huff, uh, Miguel Amaya, uh, Luis Campusano, I believe it is. Capasano. Capasano. Okay. So which which one or two of these guys do you think will be talking about the most this year? Uh- Actually, I'm I'm gonna kind of go off script there. Um, I think that number one, I think you you got the you got probably the best name on the list is Tyler uh, Stevenson. Uh, Stevens is a, a pro, will probably have a platoon situation in Cincinnati, I would guess, uh, with Tucker Barnhart. Uh, uh, Stevenson's a high contact 
dude that has kind of found power. He's, this, his frame has always had that in it. Uh, uh, his swing tra- trajectory has kind of changed in the last few years. I, I had a whole season of him in 2019 where it looked like, yeah, he might not ever get to the power. And then he went to the Arizona Fall League, got to the power, uh, and you know showed it off in a very short sample last year. He had two very me- memorable home runs, I believe. I know one of them was... I know he at least hit one memorable home run. run. I think it was two. Um, and then the other two catchers uh, were guys that debuted last year. Um, Ryan Jeffers. I, I, I'm a little cautious about Jeffers. Not not like overall, but like impact this season. Uh, you know, Mitch Garver had a really bad season statistically. But if you look at his underlying stats, uh, everything was about where it should be. So... Uh, you know, I feel like Garver hit into a lot of bad luck last year. I still believe Garver's the superior catcher um, offensively uh, between the two. Uh, but defensively, Jeffers is one of the best framers uh, in baseball, which is amazing because two years ago I saw him and he was like, there was serious question marks him staying behind home plate. So, uh, you know, made, made got on one leg, made a lot of um, – a lot of improvement there. Uh, and the bat has always played. It's more line drive oriented. Uh, he has just like everybody else in today's game got, you know, got a little more uppercut in it than he did prior, but he's, he's not a true uppercut hitter. And, uh, you know, he, he's a guy that I think is like the next guy down. And then, then after that is, uh, uh, the guy that doesn't look like a major leaguer, which is Alejandro Kirk. Um, who's Toronto Blue Jays, and he, he'll probably be in a, like, a little sharing uh, situation with Danny Jansen. Uh, and uh, what Kirk brings you is Kirk brings you, like I would say, elite contact skill and a spray approach. So like uh, he would be a guy, if he gets into the full-time position, to give you batting average uh, um, protection, but there's probably not much else in there. And, and with catching... I always see catching as something as what can he do to help me, you know? And I look at a guy like Kirk in this day of age of people hitting the ball out of the ballpark like crazy and not really caring about their batting average. Uh, I see Kirk as somebody who can help fix your team. So if he ends up into a regular role, uh, while he might not be worth a lot to everybody, to a guy that has, you know, dudes that are stretching for power that are hitting 250 and you want to actually compete in the batting average category, somebody like Kirk is the perfect player to have in there. Yeah, no, I I like that a lot. I mean, catchers at this point, like, so what? You may not get the power. You may not get the RBI and runs from them, but like how much we're really talking for most of those guys anyway. So, you know, if you can get a guy who's going to bat near 300, if that's what you're talking about, then that's, that's valuable. For a catcher, well, and that could make him, you know, close to a startable catcher every week. Yeah, when I, when I saw him in rookie league, this is just an interesting, you know, side bit here. I really thought he was a coach. He's like five foot seven and round. Wow, um, which uh, <laughs> does it, and he's actually slimmed up like recently. So like he slimmed up some, uh, but like he really and truly, I, and I turned to a scout friend who uh, um, I've known for. 10 years I used to write with him at another site and uh 
Yeah, I go, uh, I was like, oh, wow, that's, uh, you know, that coach really let him go. And he's like, no, that guy's like a uh, actual catching prospect. And he only came out to warm up a guy. Then the next day I saw him and I was like, oh, wow, nice hit duel. Yeah. Um, but like, it, you know, you never know. You can't judge a, a book by its cover all the time. Nice. Yeah, good enough, man. These are the names that we bring you on here to, yep. to hear about, man. These are fantastic. Uh, so moving on here to first base, you know, Bobby Dalbeck, you know, he is he can he be the lead dog for Boston at first base, you know, or is, or is you know, he going to be third baseman with Devers at first or not at all? Like, I don't know. What's your thoughts here with him? So, like, the only first base uh, of co- competition or anything that's more embarrassing than the Red Sox right now is the Indians with Bobby Bradley and Jake Bowers. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, like, I mean, we, we've, we've got some issues here. So, uh, um, you know, one of the things I look at is uh, – um, by the way, I'm biased. I'm, I'm a University of Arizona fan. Bobby Dalback uh, uh, was on is an Arizona uh, alum, so like uh, power to that. Uh, the dude hits the ball like he's annihilated the ball ever since I first saw him as a freshman at Arizona. Uh, the problem is, is last year he struck out fifty percent of the time, uh, and that's not sustainable. Uh, and the thing is, is he really he sold out. <laughs> he he sold out for so much power, and, and we're going to talk about probably a lot of other guys today that sold out for power, but nobody sold out for power more than Bobby Dalback. Um, so like um, you know, he gets it, and I I you know I Chris Welsh of Prospect One and um um. Like we, he helped. I went around with him one year and interviewed AFL prospects. And like Bobby Dalback understands that he's a power prospect um, and that that's what he's going to get paid for. But uh, he, he does realize that he needs, he needs to cut down on those strikeouts. So uh, I think he's the lead dog. Michael Chavis, uh, uh, former prospect, is probably the next guy up uh, and probably will, you know. Uh, get some share of those at bats, but like so far, we really haven't seen much from uh, Chavis in the major leagues to, to you know, kind of support him. So I think they're going to let Dalback do what they can do, you know, what he does, and then, uh, um, you know, if it doesn't work out, I, I, I mean, Devers is at third base another season. That's my full, you know, I, I believe that. Um, but if like Dalback doesn't doesn't cash in. I could see them looking for another first baseman, even as soon as this year. Like, I mean, it's um, like it's it's just not sustainable. Yeah, I I don't you know I don't know what they're going to do with him either. The the whole Boston organization it seems perplexing to me right now. I'm not really sure that all the money they have and what they're trying to like sell off yeah. just seems peculiar to me. But I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, AJ, go ahead and with the next question while I cough to the uh, side here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's go from the All right, but that, the, the blood socks to the to the white socks here. Um, you know, they seem to really like Andrew Vaughn, but do you see him as a contributor in that offense? Uh, or is uh, it smarter for him to just kind of sit in as a DH? Well, I, I, I'm very high, and I think almost everybody that is in my type of position is is very high on Andrew Vaughn. Um, uh, so last year in spring training, he, I mean, he held his own against maybe some, uh, like, lesser competition. 
Uh, but when he was at the summer camp, and you, we knew what the White Sox uh, rotation was last year. It led them. I know that they had some offensive outputs, but like it led them. He looked really good um, the little we did get to see him last year. So, like, I really believe that he transitions very quickly to the to, to major league um, pitching. Um, this guy has a very short, compact swing, which you don't see from many sluggers. Like, this is a guy that's going to hit for average and for power. Uh, and he's almost, like, he is also going to have a high on-base percentage, too, because he is very cerebral. Uh, he will not... Um, he does, just doesn't expand. So, like, you know, maybe some of the better pitchers might get to him, but I, I, I actually anticipate him getting out of the box and, you know, doing good. I, I don't know if he is a 300 hitter yet, but, like, I believe that he's he's at least over 260, 270 with on-base percentage and home run, 25-plus uh, home runs, excuse me, with regular regular time. So, yeah. That'll play. The, <laughs> Jeff just came in with a random comment. Uh, I'm not repeating, but okay, that's cool. Um, okay. <laughs> you got a little excited as a White Sox fan with that talk there. So, um, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. So, <laughs> Chris, you don't know this. They can't actually hear Jeff, so I have to kind of like – Say what he says if it's funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, like, I mean, it, last question here with first base is like, is, is there any concerns with you know prospect first baseman? It feels like, I mean, there seems less and less really good prospect first baseman popping up. Um, you know, they might get moved to another position or, or something like that, or another guy gets moved to first base maybe to kind of fix it, but like. You know what? What's your thought here with the whole landscape of the the first base prospects? Well, I wrote an article uh, last week. And I'm I'm pulling it up. Baseball HQ. It's actually available for free. Uh, All right. They don't they don't usually put my articles out uh, behind the uh, or in front of the paywall. So uh, get a preview. Uh, I hate writing up first base prospects. <laughs> Uh, and the reason for it is like, and, and uh, this is what I wrote in the article, um, the top first base prospect co- uh, crop this year, like most year, uh, I mean, it's basically the same. It starts off pretty hot with three top 100 prospects. Then the next six guys weave through the top 20, 250. And then you get a mix of interesting guys or one dimensional category prospects. Uh, and I like to call those guys the other guys. Uh, yeah, kind of sure. like the movie, you know, you got you yes. got some rock and Samuel Jackson, and then you end up with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg who shot Derek Jeter, you know. Like this is, <laughs> I'm a peacock. Is, yeah, there you go. And this is this is like literally what it is. So like it starts at number 10 on my, my list. It's Bobby Bradley. And then it goes to Logan Wyatt and Drew Mendoza. And then some other guys are in it too. Um um, let's see, Gavin Sheets, Nick Prado, Tyler Nevin, they're, they're all within that 10 to 15 range. Not, not in that order. Of course, I, I apparently can't count down in, in order, but, all right. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing with that is like every year that exists. 
Um, and like, there's some guys on that list that I liked at one time that just never really kind of gravitated towards uh, towards uh, the improvements that they needed to gravitate towards. Um, but like, you're just not going to find many good first base prospects. And it says just what you said. They move off of other positions. And uh, you can also look at second base as one of those positions as well. Like you go through second baseman in, in Major League Baseball and they're, they're either former shortstops or third baseman. Like yeah. there's very rarely that dude that comes up. And when we get to talk about second basemans right now, um, right after this, so yep. we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to be talking about some guys that, um, that actually were at that position to start with, which is very odd. So, yeah, so, right, right. Lead into that. Uh, so first, second baseman on the list, Vidal Brajan. Um, you mentioned him earlier for the Rays. Yeah. You know, he appears to be pretty much the only actual second baseman who has a shot at coming up this season. You know, what does his skill set offer for fantasy baseball th- this season? So, like, um, Brujan is more than likely the the odd man. And we talked about all those those infielders before that the Rays have, okay? Um, in a lot of ways, this guy, future, is probably the odd man out. Um, and it's a good thing that he's the odd man out because uh, he's an 80 grade on the 2080 scale of runners. Uh, so, like, he is exceptional speed. Uh, and they believe, and I believe that they're work, they worked him out last year at the ATS site, and I believe that they're working him out now uh, also in center field. But they're trying to make him like almost a super utility type. Um, and I'm buying it. I'm totally buying it. So um, to, to kind of describe who this guy is, uh, do you guys remember Luis Castillo, former Marlin, former yeah. Met, former Twin, um, <laughs> uh, you know, all those good places? Um he reminds me a lot of him. Uh, the The difference is, is like uh, Castillo was a better power hitter from the right side. Like any power that Luis Castillo had came from the right side. Um, Brujan, any power that he does have comes from the left side. Uh, we're not talking home runs. We're talking about on-base percentage, average, and stolen bases. This is one of the few guys that could bring the stolen base back. Uh, and like baseball HQ, our projections have him like being, you know, about 15 steals and, you know, kind of a limited role. So like when he comes up, that's kind of what you're looking for. If you're a fantasy uh, owner or manager, um, you're looking for somebody that might get you some cheap steals that probably won't hurt you with any average or on base percentage. Uh, but like, he's not going to give you any slugging um, and that, that's just not going to be there. And, you got to really think of this player as Luis Castillo, you know, a little bit, maybe a little bit more power, uh, which, you know, I think Castillo, I remember him hitting three home runs in a season being amazed <laughs> by that. So, uh, you know, we're talking about somebody who might, you know, get into seven to ten um, yeah. if he's lucky. Uh, that's not that's you know. not doing much for you. But, yeah, in a roto league, like late in the year, if you need yeah. a boost in speed. That's a guy you you can just go in and plug in if you're good else you know in in the other position or the other yeah. categories. So that that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. So moving on to the Cardinals here with Nolan Gorman. Uh, I mean, do you see him cracking their opening day roster at second base now that Arenado's locked up the third spot? I don't think Norman Gorman. No, no, Norman Gorman. Oh my God, Nolan Gorman. <laughs> uh 
proud, a proud native of the Phoenix area. Um, I don't believe that Nolan Gorman is ready for the major leagues, and I doubt heavily that we see him. Uh, last time we saw him uh, in any organized baseball game was in 2019. He struck out 150 times uh, uh, in Peoria, Illinois, uh, which was uh, low A at the time. Now it's high A, uh, but like that's that's just what happened. Uh, uh, um, and, and, you know, we missed a year, and I think the development of guys that um, – the sluggers that are trying to find enough hit to to matter, mm-hmm. I think they're the ones of the top, like the premier hitting prospects. Those are the ones that probably suffered the most from, from not having live pitching. And, yes, at the ATS, uh, they got to probably work against guys that were a little better than their level. Uh, I don't – I don't know too much about Cardinals camp. Uh, I never really got any good, you know, news from there. Um, but like my 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 impression is is that he's still he's a 2022 call up. I don't think that he is a, a viable option until probably 2023. Yeah, I, I buy that. I mean, its highest level is a you know high A. This point, well, well, it was it was a ball, so it wasn't even high A at that time. Well, it says okay, so maybe maybe there's something you need to teach me about. It says A plus. Okay, was he in Palm Beach? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's what so he, was, he spent a half season in high A. So more yeah, than likely, still, he start, more yeah, than he, likely, he starts at double A this year because he would have last year probably done a half season at high A and then done a half season at double A. Yeah, and so it seems, I just, it seems like a stretch to to get him yeah. up this year. The, Not the, that we have the Cardinals. And the Cardinals like take their sweet time. They too. do. So, like you know, this isn't a rush for him. No, they know what they're doing they with this guy. Yeah, they they'll, they'll they be fine. Uh, all right, over to third base here. Kebron Hayes, uh, he's clear option to break the camp as a starter among third base prospects, and any other guys deserve similar praise consideration like Hayes is, you know, is getting, or it got last year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, the, really and truly there's nobody for this season. I don't think, uh, I think that the only rookie that's going to have regular playing time is probably Isaac, uh, Paradis of the Detroit Tigers, um, which is, he's a very young prospect. And like, I'm actually a little worried that they're going to push him. Uh, a little too hard, and we may never know what he will be. Uh, but like you know, auction league, he might be like a one to five dollar player at best. Uh, you know, kind of um, kind of value. Um, the guy I'm interested in is this uh, a 2020 draftee, and that's Spencer Torkelson from the same yeah. ball club, Detroit Tigers. Uh, yeah. Look, okay. I eventually believe he just sticks at first, but like they are. They believe that he's a third baseman, um, or at least they're going to try to make him a third baseman. Um, but, like, you know, we talked about uh, Andrew Vaughn earlier, and that's pretty much uh, this is the better version. Does it make sense? And the Andrew Vaughn's a really good version. So, like, um, like this is – this is they're making break. This is their cornerstone prospect. So, um I mean, I could theoretically see him making his major league debut, but then again, he's never played a professional baseball game in his life because of the the shutdown. So he may have ended up in high A or double A to end up last year, but he didn't end up anywhere except for the alternate alternate training site. So, 
All right, so we kind of talked a little bit about some some other people here, but you know, third base in general just maybe deeper in terms of prospects than actual yeah. surefire fantasy players. So who should be targeted uh, or drafting and adding, you know, heading into 2021 from a, a dynasty standpoint? I mean, there. I mean, Torkelson's obviously the the big get here. Um, and, you know, Gorman, I know that it, you know, I let's just say this. Um, you draft a guy until he's moved off that position. I, I, I'm a big believer in drafting guys that I, I, I if he's going to produce, he's going to produce wherever you put him. Uh, so, like, you know, a guy like that, um, I, I'm escaping me. I had one other name. Um, let me uh, let me click on this real quick. Uh, of course, my first name is Kebrian uh, Hayes because because <laughs> why not? Why not go for the for the dude that is the best, right? Um, all right, my other third baseman are would be. Uh, you know, really and truly, like a guy like Cody House of LA is somebody that, like, maybe he's not talked about. Um, uh, I like him for multiple categories. Um, uh, Josh Jung, uh, or Young, yes, uh, is is another guy. Like he he could really be a sneaky guy. I've heard some rumors that like he could possibly compete for the third base job out of spring training with the Rangers. Interesting. Um, you know, because they, they moved uh, Kiner uh, Falefa to shortstop. Uh, you know, that's why they traded Andrus was was to move him there. So, like, there's a very good possibility <laughs> that kind of opens up, like, uh, between him and uh, Shirt and Apostle. Um, and like, Young is the better player of those two, and I actually expect that. Um, Nolan Jones is a guy that you know right now Jose Ramirez is firmly in check and third base for the Indians, but, um, you know, they, they trade guys every off season or during the season. So you never know what's going to happen there. Um, great organization, but that's what they do. Uh, uh, and right field, he worked out at last year, so he might actually come up as a right fielder. Um, so like it, he's a good enough athlete to kind of work anywhere. Uh, he was, uh, he's a power guy and a walk guy. Uh, his average might suffer from some swing and miss, like just like every young slugger, it seems like we're talking about tonight, except for Brujan uh, and Vaughn and Torkelson. Um, but like um, that, I mean, that's just going to be something that we're going to be looking for. So, man, how yeah. crazy is it that Kalefa has gone from catcher slash first base slash third base slash shortstop? Now he's shortstop. Like, what in the world is going on? Like, I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> Yeah, I miss I miss that catcher eligibility though. <laughs> yeah, everybody does because he's not quite good enough to get to be to get you the county stats for all the other positions. You're like, yeah, it's kind of whatever. So yeah. Yeah, when you had catcher, you were like, hell yeah, it was like every day you got a catcher. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move over here to some shortstop. Uh, you know, past Franco, who we've already talked about. Who's your favorite shortstop prospect heading into expected to contribute in 2021? And, you know, maybe 
into 2022 if you need to go that far. All right. Well, we'll 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 give you two names. 2021. I, I'm still a very big Chaz Chiz, Jazz Chisholm uh, believer. Shortstop, Miami. Uh, we'll probably end up being second base uh, uh, just because of Miguel Rojas being where he's at. So, uh, you know, Miguel is one of the few guys that signed an extension with the Marlins. Uh, they like his leadership. They also like the fact that he, uh, you know, is solid all around. Um, but uh, uh, Chisholm's issue has always been when he comes to a level, he tends to struggle initially. Um, he's a guy that it, it takes a little bit for him to get going. He's he's a power-driven prospect uh, with speed. And uh, I started seeing some glimpses towards the end of his little short-term um you know, a little dance in the major leagues last year. I, I, I kind of saw some some outbreak from him. But, like, still, the average is always going to be something that's going to be a question mark. Um, strikeouts. Like, I, I just so bad. Know, <laughs> strikeouts. But, like, yeah. and, and he had a tough time with hard contact, too. But, like, I've seen the kid make adjustments at double-A. I've seen him make adjustments earlier. Um, so, like, I, I'm still a very firm believer in him. Uh but he's really the only other guy at shortstop, especially if you think Jeter Downs is a second baseman like I do. So uh, uh, the the other name would be uh, kind of a surprise name, a 2020 draftee uh, from the Pirates, Nick Gonzalez. Uh, oh, I believe yeah. that he is uh, really the closest ready major league regular um, that we might not see this year, but we'll see next year kind of thing. Uh and like this guy, incredible hit tool uses his uh, leverage and his swing so well. Uh, Tucson, Arizona, I believe, native. Uh, so uh, hats off. I spent 17 years in Tucson, so we're gonna we're gonna pump up those guys, of course. Uh, and uh, you know, he was a New Mexico kid, a New Mexico you know, University of New Mexico, I think. I don't know if he was a state or or Lobo, but. Um, but yeah, uh, really believe in him. And uh, in a first-year player draft, like I've, I have not been able to get him anywhere. So, other people agree. Yeah, good, right. good to know. Good to know. Yeah. So, that being said, what do you expect from Ha Seung Kim? What do you, What are you looking at for him to do in this first season away from Korea? And you also have Tatis there, so he's kind of yeah. blocked as it is. But yeah, I, I didn't I didn't mention him as a shortstop because he's not going to play shortstop. No, he yeah. won't. No. So um, the expected role um, is probably uh, platoon at second and almost like a super utility role. Um, uh, they've got Munch um, McCallit from the Rays uh, was uh, like a rookie of the year candidate. Crone. Uh, What's his name? It's escaping me. I'm sorry. Cronin there you. Thank yeah. you. Cronenworth. And then, I, I, they only got Profar sitting there, too, right? They yeah, re-signed him, didn't they? Yeah. I, I don't like it, but it's just, a, it's just another guy. Yeah. He'll yeah play but he's, he's another guy that can play there, though. But Kim, 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 will, Kim will, you know, see action at various different positions. Uh, I think that he brings the average. He's definitely not bringing the 30 home runs. No. That That's not coming. So, like, I, you know, scouting, I scouted about three games of him on TV um, in the Korean League. And, you know, I kind of see him as a guy with an above average hit tool. So we're looking at maybe a 270-ish hitter. 
I think the steals will will translate if anything yes. actually translates. Uh, he has terrific instincts on the bases. Uh, I that's really hard to find on television to to really see. Uh, but like there was, it was great. Like the one one of the games I watched, they they just kept on going back to that replay, and it was like he he. He under he just understands uh, pitchers' moves and getting that jump. So um, you know, there's going to always be that adjustment period. Uh, he's never seen most of these pitchers. So I would say he's never seen 99.9 percent uh, of these pitchers. So like, uh, you know, uh, there's always that adjustment. But like, he's the best Korean prospect hitter. For, I, I mean, the last two years at least. So. Because one of the younger guys has come over from over there, it feels yeah. like, too. So, like, that, that says something, too. Like, most of these guys wait until they're older or whatever reason, for whatever reason it is, to come over and get more established, I guess. Um, so, he came over pretty young. Um, yeah, I haven't pegged like a 15 15 guy, honestly, at least this year. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm a little low on it. You know, I think high point right now would be 2020. Um, but that's if he gets a lot more at bats. But I'm with you. Like, I think the playing time is going to struggle, it's going to be a problem for him. And uh, 15 15 is pretty much is what you can bet, which, which is fine, you know, especially for where he's being drafted. He's being drafted yeah. pretty low um, and at a pretty bad second base position. He, yeah. Fine. <laughs> See, I, I think long term, he's a solid average uh, contributor. So, like, you know, we're talking about maybe the, you know, at second base, he might be somewhere between the seventh and 14th best second baseman uh, production wise. <laughs> like that's kind of where that's kind of well, where I, I see it. Yeah, starter. Yeah, I, so, I mean, you go second to fifteen because you just you really just don't know, you know. Right. No. Okay. Um, uh, you know, it's hard. It's easier because he's twenty four, but it's also harder uh, because he's uh, translating from a place where a guy like Chris Flexen uh, looked like a stud, um, <laughs> yeah. and like. You know, I I had a roll three, which a roll three is an up down prospect on him in rookie ball. So like, um, <laughs> you know that that's kind of what we're what we're looking at when we're talking about the Korean league. But I mean, Flexen got a good contract from the Mariners, so I mean that's one guy that he'll get to see, right? Yeah, I mean I'm assuming they'll play each other. I mean, I hope. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move over here to outfield and. Kind of start with a guy who, you know, he, he got a sample size in the majors last year. Obviously got a lot of national attention because the team went to the World Series. And this dude was amazing. Randy Rosarina. I mean, I don't think anybody expects him to be as good as he was in the playoffs. And even in the small amount of time that he got during the regular season. But, I mean, what's a realistic projection for him, you know, as he enters his age 25 season? I was going to try to keep a straight face and tell you that he was going to be better. <laughs> I mean, but I would have not want... been able to do that. Like, and a I'm six forty-one slugging like, percentage. If you can be better I... than that, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, so let's rewind. Let's look at him from last year. Uh, a lot was made that you know he he had COVID. He was in quarantine and he lifted and got stronger and got fifteen pounds of muscle. All true stories. Um, but the biggest, but the biggest thing that happened was, uh, he got to the, got to the playoffs and, uh, he sold out to the fastball and 
no one caught up until the Dodgers series, really, that he had done that. And you, it's amazing, too, because you're like, okay, major leagues, they're, do, they're watching video and stuff. They're not realizing this guy uh, because it's a non-traditional sitting on the fastball. He was, like, sitting on the fastball to drive it out right center field. So, like, everybody was kind of like, well, you know, that's – that's, you know, usually when you're sitting on fastball and you're you're selling out to fastball, you're hitting it to left field if you're a right-handed hitter. So um, it kind of fooled things. But there's some things to look at in his stats. Uh, he's not really a launch angle dude. So, like, uh, and, and he's a high ground ball percentage dude. Um, so, like, you can expect those home runs to come down. Mm. Even from, the, from a reasonable pace, like... Uh, I know that our projection at HQ has him for like over 25 home runs. And like, I just don't see that. I think he's a 20 to 25 home run guy. I think that he's somewhere in the 250, 270 range. It depends. He has an underlying hit tool that's, that's pretty solid. He's a solid average uh, uh, hitter. Uh, but if he starts selling out to get for that power, that average is going to drop and it's going to drop quickly. Um, He'll steal 15 bases, maybe a little more than that. Uh, uh, like, he's a solid, like, to me, he's like a solid, you get past, like, I guess maybe around the top 100 range. He's also, unlike other prospects, entering his prime. He's like, what, 25 or 26? Uh, so he's yeah, already right. entering his prime. Uh, I think this is actually going to be his 26-year-old season. I think he turns 26 early in the year. I'm not oh, sure. Yeah, uh, so, like, um, <laughs> so like, yeah, you're looking at a guy that's already at the cusp of his prime. So there's not much more he can really do. Uh, um, but, like, a, a prospect that was undercovered, like, was, was kind of slept on, that probably shouldn't have been slept on, um, but, like, still not... Like, I, I didn't – he was the hardest guy to rank on a top 100 prospect list this year. And, I mean, we all talked with each other from, you know, straight prospect sites and fantasy prospect sites. Like, we all were talking to each other trying to figure out where to put this guy. And that's odd. Like, you're not – you talk to your competition, but it's usually not like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do with the guy. And that's, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what was happening this year. Yeah, I, I... – I know what that's about. You know, I do rankings and stuff for fantasy baseball, and there's a few guys where, like, yeah, I'm just like, yo, what, what are you doing with this guy? <laughs> um, I, I, I do it every year. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what to think about him. I, I think the upside's there, but the floor could just bottom out hard for him. See, I, don't, I didn't I don't know think about the floor pouncing. Yeah, I don't like, think the floor go. is. I think the floor is pretty solid. I think the floor is that he's. He's at least an a uh, solid average player because yeah. of the underlying hit and stuff. But if he is if he is um, you know selling out for that fastball again, yeah. I mean oh, it's not going to be pretty. It's just not going to be pretty. Oh, they're gonna, they're gonna yeah, they're gonna throw him everything else but that. They're never gonna throw him a fastball. Yeah. And, uh, and and but yeah, I you know I'm looking at his uh, his stat cast. The launch angle, that's something I never looked at. 9.2 last year? That's not That's not home run. Like That's kind of it, It's low. below average. It's below really average, below average. It's not, it's not really that far below average. It's, uh, right. 
You know, far below average is I, I think Wander Franco was 1.2 at the um, oh, at the ATS. I might not be able to say that. I'm not sure, Jeff, for that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like like that that was uh, it was 1.2 or 1.6. I might be making that up, but it was in the yeah. ones. Uh, um, and like you know, there's some guys that like you know we talked about we kind of gl- you know glossed over Key Brian Hayes, but he's another guy that does. Like he makes the most of the of the contact that he has, uh, Key Brian does, uh, but he doesn't have the, the incredible launch angle that you would expect after that, you know, short term thing. So like you know, that's not all. Every you know, that's not the end all be all. The thing I'm more concerned with with a, a Rosarena is that ground ball rate. Um, yeah, that's something I never really uh, again, and I told you this beforehand, like. I haven't dived into a lot of these stats as much as I usually do, um, but I, I'm I'm getting there. But uh, yeah, I did notice the ground ball rate even through the minors was really high for him. Now that you just said that, and then yeah, the fastballs. You know, as much as you say he he slept on, he just waited for the fastballs. That's all they threw him. Fifty three percent of his pitches were fastballs, and I get it. That's what yeah. pitchers normally pitch. That's their that's their go to, but. Maybe he doesn't have to not worry about that, but I don't know. I think teams are going to be like, uh, yeah, we're just going to throw him a lot of breaking and off-speed stuff because yeah. that's what he sucks at. And he'll he'll <laughs> just because he is, like I said, the underlying hit tool is there. Like, he can hit. The yeah. question was always whether he would hit for enough power, and we saw that. That 15 pounds helped him get to that point. And then he had the confidence to believe that he was a power hitter for at least. Well, it could just be a fleeting. We might talk about him like we talk about Francisco Cabrera, you know, getting that hit in the world in the NLCS for the Braves, you know. Like, it could just be a footnote. Who knows? But, like, you know, I think he's better. I mean, that was probably a bad combo, uh, <laughs> bad bad right. comp here. But, like, you know, I mean, it, you know, he could be – just a regular role player. Uh, like, that's what I always thought he was, was a regular role player. I thought he was a major leaguer. I had him as a role four, which is uh, considered like a reserve bench player, and that's where I had him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, who knows? That 15 pounds of muscle could really just change things drastically for him. So it will be interesting to watch him this season for sure. Yeah, I, 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 you know, had COVID, and I became a greater diabetic because of it. And, uh you know, he became this muscular, strong man because of it. More power to him. <laughs> All right. All right. So his own. <laughs> moving, yeah. moving uh, up up to the Mariners here. I mean, can can their fans and then fantasy <laughs> players expect much out of uh, Jared Kalinick and Julio Rodriguez uh, to be the the standout rookies for twenty twenty one? I was going to think that you changed the question. You were going to say, like, uh, uh, can the Mariners fans stand the Mariners? Yeah, at this point. <laughs> like, that's what I was waiting for. Come on, AJ. That, that's, that, that was what you needed to go with. AJ's been busy it's selling late. I've been I've been all over. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I understand your question. So, like, uh, we heard that, you know, they're going to manipulate – Kalenic's time. I, I think Kalenic's ready. Um, I think he's close to ready. Like he's that type of guy that, like, I think that some people are over uh, overvaluing overall. Uh, 
not because of ranking. Like, I have him. He's my number three or four uh, overall prospect. But, like, he's about as good as he's going to get. Like, he is going to come out and he's going to, like, everybody has an adjustment period, of course. Uh, everybody's different. But, like, I really believe he is almost a surefire to be a solid to solid major leaguer to an all-star major leaguer. So, Sorry, I'm burping. I, I, like I said, I haven't drank beer <laughs> for a long time. I hope this doesn't become like drunk history because, like, <laughs> you know, this is this is like puny beer too, and like it's I can feel it right now. Um, but yeah, um, I, I I believe Kalenic is a solid guy, and you know, you talked about redraft uh, leagues, you know, uh, getting Franco. Uh, and, and like I said, he's coming up in August. This is a guy that's probably coming up in May. Uh, and he's a guy that is, uh, you know, like I said, I believe he can have very similar stat line to Randy Arena. I mean, like, you know, we just were talking about him. Wow. Um, you know, maybe not the steals. I've heard some, I've heard his run tool may have backed up a bit. Uh, but like, I think that he's he's at projection, like even at such a young age. Like I think he's close to it, and I think that um, you know it's as cerebral as he gets. That that's the main thing with him. He's he is uh, most of his power comes to the pull side. Like he'll sell out for the pull side power. Um, so like um, I like to see him work the field a little more. Um, I I like my hitters personally to. You know, take that middle end fastball and deposit it into the pull, you know, into pull pull stands. And if it's not a middle end fastball, go into a hole, you know, hit it where they ain't kind of thing. Uh, hit it where it's pitched it should be, you know, kind of thing. So, um, you know, that's kind of what my hope is for um, for Kalenic. Uh As for Rodriguez, he's not up this year. All right, that ends that conversation. If he is, I just don't understand the Mariners because, like, I don't think he's – like, he has more superstar potential, but I think he's a lot further away right now. Um, incredible kid, and I, I really I, – I have liked every – I've seen him, like, three different times, and I've liked him more each time. He's a guy that just keeps growing on me, but I, I just don't see it this year. No, no, that's totally fair. I was just kind of joking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, like, okay, obviously, outfielders, we see a ton of guys get called up every year, a ton of prospects. Um, who who else are we not thinking about that could crack lineups this year, maybe even midseason, you know, injury yeah. call-up type of guys, um, you know, what, what you know, who, who are you highest, highest on in, in this well, for this for this season, uh, guys that should have regular roles for a majority of the season are guys like Leody Tavares, uh, Rangers center fielder, uh, Dylan Carlson, Alex Kirilov. Uh, Carlson's with the Cardinals. We all got familiar with him last year. Uh, Kirilov is a Twins uh, guy, and with Eddie Rosario gone, kind of opens up a, a spot for him in the field. Um, and then Ryan Mountcastle, who is the luckiest baseball player <laughs> last year. Um, 
I, I I took a lot of heat. I I'm not a big fan of his. I think he's an average major leaguer. I really do. Um, and that's a great thing. I mean that that's going to get him paid for a while. Um, but the thing is, is like people have him projected as being like a solid average guy of uh, you know somebody who's in the you know a guy that's going to be rosterable as a starter on a lot of rosters, uh, even in redraft leagues this year and in deeper, in a little deeper formats. And I just don't think that he's that guy. I, I don't see the, the, um, I see enough to be a regular, but I don't see enough to carry a profile in fantasy. So, um, I think but, he's a back know, end. I think he's a corner infielder type player. Yeah, he is. that makes more sense. I think I think you're right on that. I I, I think he's, I, I he's not going to be your top twelve first baseman. I think he could be yeah. Malcastle. I think I think he's your corner infielder utility type guy that you're going to swap in and out. I think he's, but he'll he's be. Fine. He, I mean, he's uh, slated, I think, to be the starting left fielder this year. I'm not sure. Um, uh, I I feel like he's slated to be an outfielder this year. Um, yeah, this this year is where he will, was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, space, here, but. here's the great thing, guys. Uh, uh, watch Ryan Mountcastle and remember that he was drafted as a shortstop and was brought up as a shortstop. <laughs> and uh, you, you'll appreciate the Orioles' uh, old PD development uh, and and, and uh, system. How uh, terrible it was back yeah. then. Yeah, yeah thanks, it, it's a new, it's a it's a new group. So that's, thanks, that's thanks good for thing. reminding me of that as a, you're looking yeah. at all yeah. the Orioles heads as i get to cry yeah um, but they, they now have like the most analytic <laughs> i know it's uh, so good you know tech it. tech place ever you know they uh but my but to answer the question because i never answered the question like a true politician um trevor larnich is somebody that nobody's talking about as a guy that um has mid-season or injury um helium that nobody's talking about for this year uh Larnage is an outfielder for the Twins. We talked about an open position. Let's say, let's say that Alex Kirilov doesn't get off to the start that I think he's going to get off of. Um, uh, there, there's playing time possibilities there for him. Uh, we also know that Byron Buxton has a has a uh, you know history of not being the most healthy guy. Um, Max Kepler is not like I don't know. I've never Kepler's really fine, but yeah, Kepler's fine, but he's just a guy. Uh, you know, I I over helium. I, I I created too much helium for that guy years ago, and I, I you know I two times in 2012 and 2015, and like I just I don't know. Yeah, I don't like look, I don't like looking bad. I don't like looking bad, and it's not his fault. I saw things that weren't there. Um, but like um, Larnich is is a guy that. Uh, reminds he, he came from Oregon State. He reminds a lot of people Michael Conforto, like a Michael, Michael Conforto light guy. Uh, might not be, yeah, you know, like kind of. I hate to use the word poor man's Michael Conforto, um, but like you know, when you're looking at a draft and stuff, you draft Michael Conforto, and like let's say two years from now, you're like, well, you know, I really like Conforto. Can I find a guy that's kind of similar to him that you know is maybe fifty? 60 picks away from him. Trevor Larnage might be your guy for that. Um, a very, very cerebral hitter. Um, uses all fields. The Twins have tried to get him to uh, use the pull side more to get some more home runs. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but of course we didn't see anything last year. 
and the twins were an organization that shut the din didn't allow media or well they didn't let nobody really allowed media into um instructs this year but they didn't let other clubs into instructs this year mm. so like i don't have any eyes from other organizations to tell me how he did if he's made progress and stuff and because they did that they weren't allowed to scout either like they just weren't allowed to scout so um so yeah so he would be my guy All right, let's get another, let's move over here to starting pitching and pitching in general. Actually, um, Matt Manning, Tarek Skubal, Casey Mize. Um, you know, do do either of these three pretty highly prospects, uh, you know, touted prospects? Do they do they benefit from playing on a pretty bad Detroit team, or uh, is it still just going to be Detroit and Yikes. Um, like I, 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 I don't think anybody really benefits from being on a bad team. <laughs> I mean, playing time, yes. I mean, yeah, they, they can at least get called up, I guess. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, to, you know, talk about the Orioles. I mean, it was a good thing for Cedric Mullins, right? Uh, yeah. He got called up and got up and, and played some and stuff. And, um, you know, some of those players with the Orioles were able to, you know, uh, improve their profiles um, because of that. So, like, guys can improve their profiles, but like going to the ballpark and knowing that you're probably going to lose isn't really the the most uh, productive productive place for um, developing talent. Um, I think that um, Scooble has the best chance of being good this year. Um, Fastball heavy dude um, uses a four seamer up in the zone with really good uh, riding action. Uses his two seamer uh, to get the ground ball. It's like a sinker. It's like a bowling ball sinker when it's really going well. He has solid secondaries, uh, but like he's he's going to be like a close to seventy percent fastball guy and using you know trying to change eye levels with it as opposed to. Um, you know, setting up for other pitches. Uh, his swing and miss rate was great. I, I, I really think that he's the best option to be good this year. Um, we don't know about Matt Manning. He, he kind of got hurt um, at the at the ATS, I believe. Uh, and, you know, we didn't really get to see him. He was supposed to be up, and he never got up. And then uh, Casey Mize... Um, you know, the fear has always been, can this guy stay healthy? And we have not seen him stay healthy yet. Um, and we saw him struggle, which I was kind of surprised about. But, you know, really kind of digging into it. Uh, you know, the fastball's not... Uh, I mean, the, his whole package of stuff is is really kind of average above average. It plays up because of pitchability. Uh, the one exceptional thing is the thing that's hurting him, which is his splitter. His splitter is the best splitter, and I'm going to say this, and this is this is not hyperbole for me. Um, it's the best splitter that we've seen since Mike Scott. Um, mm. But the thing is, is this dude? It he knows he only has so many bullets, and like I, I think opposing hitters know that too. So, <laughs> like, good job, you beat him with a with a splitter, but like they're gonna. 
you know, he's got to be almost perfect with those other pitches to to succeed. So, well, yeah, they're like, they're gonna hold off. On, they're gonna recognize the splitters coming. They're gonna. Oh, they're not going it. to. They're actually not going to. That's how good of a pitch it is. Oh, okay. I mean, I see the grade on it. It's seventy. It's phenomenal. Uh, I mean, he's got sixties on four other pitches, but you're saying they're not. They're not yeah, really. Yeah, like you're 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 going off of like, I don't know who you're going off of. I'm, I'm literally I, just on the MLB site yeah. right now, but. Yeah, they're they're you know I'm you're saying say, it's not really there. Like I, I I did not see sixty pitches from those other pitches last year. Um, and when he was at Auburn, I thought maybe the fastball could be there, but like what I saw last year, it just didn't didn't jive. I I think he's a number two, number three starter, and I always thought he was a number two starter. Like I never really believed the ace hype. Um, so I think he's a two three starter. And I think that, you know, I, I just worry about that that splitter. I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's obviously caused some issues in his development. So um, you know, and and Tigers, let's be honest, the Tigers haven't really developed anybody in a while. And that's that's <laughs> that's another <laughs> another thing that is you know, I mean, Michael Fulmer was a rookie of the year, but he was developed by the Mets, um, you know, and then he had his injury issues. So, like, you, you're talking about a club that it's been a while. I mean, I, I mean, Matt Boyd's an okay pitcher, but, Oof. like, One, that's it. Half yeah. of a good year. Yeah. Yeah, I bought the second of that oh, year. Oh, I did, too. <laughs> Drink to that. So, AJ, go ahead, man. All right. <laughs> So a little little more of a rapid-fire question here. We've got pick one starting pitcher that has major league experience um, and looks like they should thrive the most after getting called up last year in the season, if you wouldn't even call that. So you got Ian Anderson, uh, Sixto Sanchez, uh, Nate Pearson, and potentially uh, Mackenzie Gore, you could say, throw him in. I mean, Gore didn't make his major league debut last year, so. Uh, Trent McKenzie. Oh, I'm sorry. Trent McKenzie, yeah. Trent McKenzie. Oh, you mean you mean Tristan McKenzie. Tristan, Tristan. McKenzie, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I don't know why I said Trent. Type yeah, full yeah, names in, damn it. Yeah. Cleveland Indians. Cleveland Indians. Yeah, so, Indians. Uh, yeah, well, let's just break this down real quick. Nate Pearson, Um, I don't really anticipate him being much of a factor this year. Uh, he looked really like you understand that like he was his pitches are exceptional um but he spent so little time on the mound uh in his development years that i really worry that it's going to catch up and that he's really going to only really be a reliever um but like the stuff's sick like that fastball and slider is just sick stuff uh and what we saw last year was he struggled commanding that stuff uh and start and controlling it as well so um, you know, I don't think he's really an impact guy this year. Uh, the other three guys that you mentioned are have some sort of impact. And I'm going to put a star by one of those guys that, that you know, I, oh, not a star, an asterisk, um, yeah. as you would. And that's Tristan McKenzie. And the asterisk is, is uh, even the most seasoned scout doesn't know who the real Tristan McKenzie is. Uh, we saw a Tristan McKenzie that was absolutely dominant his first few starts, uh, throwing hard. Uh, he debuted pitches that people hadn't seen yet. Like he was like 
May on those pitches, and it was like, oh, wow, he has an average uh, slider now. And, uh, wow, the changeup really got better. Um, but by the end of the year, he was back throwing uh, low 90s. And, excuse me, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't as impressive. Um, and so this is a guy with a history of uh, a back injuries, uh, upper back injury to be specific. He's also a guy who's very lean. Um, we haven't seen – we've seen lean pitchers, Jacob DeGrom. Uh, but, like, I, I kind of consider DeGrom kind of uh, um, the exception to the rule. Most lean pitchers don't really – Yeah, six five one sixty. Wow, I never realized yeah. that. Oh, oh yeah. Smokes. And it's He's got to be heavier than 160. Are you kidding it's me? It's all arms, legs. And, and the great thing is, it's like he gets great extensions. So, like, balls get on people so – so quickly, but yeah, like wow. I'm afraid he. I don't, I just don't know who he is, and yeah. And I've talked to scouts from various teams, from really actually like five or six scouts, and like they don't know what to put on him. Uh, they know he's a major leaguer, but you know if he is the guy that they saw at the beginning of the year, you're talking about number one, number two starter. Yeah. If the guy that they saw at the end of the year, that's a guy that's like fifth, fourth, fifth starter who probably plays up in the pen with more velocity uh, and could be like a late inning guy. So, like, I put an asterisk by him. The guys that are the guys to count on next year are Sixto Sanchez and Ian Anderson. And with Sanchez, uh, you all saw the gifts last year. You probably saw him pitch and stuff. Uh, The thing that's missing in his game right now is the K rate. He does not... uh, he strikes out less than nine guys a, a inning, and mainly it's a, you know, people want him to strike out more guys, but it's it's a product of his uh, sinker ball. His sinker ball is something that can you can put a bat on, but you're going to put it right into the ground, mm-hmm. and um, that's, you know, he's going to get a lot of outs that way, um, and it's going to be before he can set somebody up for a slider or his changeup. Uh, the four-seam fastball was ugly last year and didn't really help him. And he really kind of needs that. He needs that pitch to to be to reach his uh, upside. He needs that pitch to have some um, some rise to it or some run to it or or some riding action. Something he needs something to that um, to get to those K levels higher. Um, but I believe in the Marlins. The Marlins have one of the best pitching development staffs um, in baseball right now. Um, And then finally, I know this is long answers and stuff, but Ian Anderson is a guy that uh, you watch him and like the Braves fans, it's kind of funny. They're like, well, you know, once he starts commanding his pitches and uh, people don't understand the difference between control and command. And, this guy purposely throws. He tries to make the perfect pitch. Like he wants to take advantage of your um, your aggressiveness. So he's yeah. an over he's an over the top guy. So like when we think of over top starters, we think of Josh Colmenter throwing eighty seven, eighty nine. This is a guy that's throwing ninety four from that same angle. Mm. Okay, his pitches, if you go on StatCast, his fastball is not rated, doesn't have a high spin rate. His changeup, his changeup looks good and stuff maybe in StatCast. 
um, but the depth isn't isn't necessarily there. And his curveball looks there. If you look at Statcast, like he's the anti-Statcast. Um, <laughs> but the thing he does well is he commands his pitches specifically above the swing plane of most hitters. And then he's able to also adjust the eye level better than any rookie that I've seen lately. Um, so, like, he's not afraid to throw a high changeup because he knows that the guys aren't going to read it quickly. Like, they can't read his pitches. He tunnels everything perfectly from a slot, and you can't really see it, but from a slot that people aren't used They're used to seeing over here or sometimes over here. They don't see from up here. So, like, that slot specifically is, mm. is like... When I scouted him early in his career, I messed up. I didn't, and I've talked to scouts, and I talked like the scout that's kind of like the guy I look up to the most. Um, you know, even said this. He's like, I definitely downplayed his changeup because it wasn't your traditional fader that you see. Um, he, when I saw him in Double A, I raised his profile as high as I could. Um, I don't think he's a number one starter, but I think he's that solid two starter that you might put with Max Freed um, or Mike Soroka. Like, like that rotation is is out of sight. Like that, I mean, of young talent right there. Yeah, um, is is a great foundation. They, they, I, I think that they could still use another guy in that mix, but like they are, a, they have a solid found foundation with that team. Uh, so, like, I would put six though. And then I would put him like a one B type thing uh, for rookie impact this year. Yeah, no, man, dude, so much, so much great information. I love hearing all of this. Like this is stuff like you don't get to hear or read about very often. So, so good. Um, real quick to close up the the pitching here. Um, any 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 uh, relievers that like we're we're looking at here um, that you know, we're starting pitchers, you know, or, or coming up as starting pitchers that are going to come in and be really good relievers. Just one or two quick names. That's always a hard one to throw out. Uh, I think I already threw one out, Nate Pearson. You did. Uh, yeah. He's, he's going to be on some sort of pitch count this year. I, I, uh, I like that one too. Cause like, he's really only got like one or two pitchers. Or whatever so kind of thing. So like, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Like, and, and, and that's a good organization like to really look at, um, like, I loved, like, when I saw that Thomas Hatch uh, made their major league roster last year, he's not a rookie anymore, but, like, I just loved it. I knew that they were, uh, they find roles for guys. They find, uh, the Blue Jays have been really good in the last couple of years of finding roles for dudes uh, that fit them. Um, so, like, last year, he would have been my guy. Like, you know, you asked me this question last year. It's such a hard and loaded question yeah. to like find out. But if I'm gonna if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pick anybody, it's probably going to be raised pitchers. It's always gonna yeah. be raised pitchers. Um Makes we sense. saw one of them in the playoffs, Shane McClellan. Um McClellan, whatever his name is. Um we saw him in the playoffs. Uh uh, you know, there's a he's a very divisive prospect in future role. Um, if you talk to scouts and even myself i i think he's a reliever and one of my good friends thinks he's a starter um and like i trust his view but i trust my view as well i don't you know uh i just don't see the the finish on his pitches to 
to last through a few times in the in the rotation. But then again, you're talking about the Rays, and they might not go through the you know the lineup. I should say, not the rotation. Um, uh, you know, they might use a guy only through one interval of the lineup. You know, you never know with them. And then the other one's a guy that we didn't see last year named Shane Baz, who I've seen as a yes. starter and I've seen as a reliever. And I'm going to tell you, I can't get out of my mind what I saw him as a reliever. It was like a night and day. Uh, this guy just fit this role. Um, and like as a reliever, I see him as like a future closer. But like this year, I mean, he could be inserted into that thing. Now, now here's the thing with the Rays. When you're looking at Rays prospects, does he or any Rays pitchers, does he fit a unique set? You know? They look for different arm angles. Like if you watch them in the playoffs, I know that you know you don't get to watch them every day. But if you watch them in the, watch them in the playoffs, every guy had a different arm angle. Every guy was coming from a different different way with them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he kind of fits a role with his with where he releases the ball at a three quarters uh, angle, um, a little higher three quarters. Um, but like I, I think that he fits a role for him that he could be a successful reliever this year. Um, who's starting most of the time? He uh, only relieved in the AFL, I believe. Well, so, like, yeah. Real, real quick, you mentioned a specific team, the Rays. What about a team like the Dodgers, who seems to have like a plethora of starting pitching talent? And then, but to get these guys some opportunity, they bring them up and give them some bullpen time. Is that yeah, something else you they look do. at? They do. I mean, that's that's something I look at. They're kind of tapped out after, you know, yeah, uh, seems the like last few years. They're yeah. they're. I mean, there's some guys in the minor leagues that look pretty attractive that could could fall into that. Um, you know, yeah, I could see yeah. not not necessarily this year. Okay. I I just don't really believe it with them this year. Um, you know, yeah. Um, but they're usually a good bet to find one or two of those guys. Yeah, I mean, I've always like at the back end of my like deeper my deeper leagues, I always just like grab one or two of these guys that like are sitting down and like and uh, you know injuries pop up, maybe they'll be a yeah. starter if they come up and be a reliever. They'll just be like phenomenal strikeout guys for a few innings. Yeah, fine. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I I guess what we're saying is there's no Tony Gonsolin and there's no uh, Dustin, Dustin May. May yeah. <laughs> is is waiting in the wings to be that. Prior to that, it was Ross Stripling. Like yep. there, there's always a guy that kind of throw, you know, falls into that role. Uh, that's a rookie, and there's just not one there right now. Yeah, I feel you. All right, AJ, what you got next, man? All right. So the last question we have here would just be the <laughs> favorite prospects to draft in redraft. Well, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. I think my favorite one would probably be. I mean, the top guy is always going to be my favorite one, which would be a Rosarena. Um, I think he's my favorite to redraft. Now, of the of the guys, I'm not going to call him the other guys because we already use that. It's kind of really a derogatory term towards first base prospects. <laughs> uh, but like the others would be, you know, guys that might not be guaranteed a role that you're going to get like further down in the draft. Um, you know, a guy like, um, you know, I guess Andrew Vaughn looks more and more like uh, I was drafting when he was was way low. I guess he's probably moved up a little now. Um, and I'm interested to see. I'm in TGF FBI. That's my next yeah. draft. 
So like I, I I haven't I haven't really looked in the last three weeks at what the ADPs are. I guess I'm gonna do that this weekend. Um, I also like I I also believe that like Alex Kirilov with the Twins. Like I I'm I'm a big believer. He kind of fell off a bit in 2019 because of a wrist injury, and um, like and when I say fell off, he fell off the table. Uh, and he was invited to the AFL, and he declined. Uh, he got healthy. He got his wrist healthy. And uh, last year at the ATS site was phenomenal and even got into a playoff game. Uh, but this is a guy with real power to all fields um, and that isn't afraid to use that uh, opposite field, which he's a left-handed hitter, the, the um, left center field uh, gap. Uh, to get some doubles, so like I, I I like him as a guy that's further down on on people's draft list. So are these all guys that you would draft in a like a, you know, let's put it out there like most people playing twelve team, you yeah, twenty six to twenty to thirty man, yeah, rosters. Like are these guys? Rosa Arena's out, you know, obviously picking. Uh, Rosa Arena is the but top. But Vaughn and Kirilov and things like that. Like, are these guys or, or who else are you drafting? Is what I guess. Like, what? I, I guess because third base is weak. Hayes, uh, Key Brian Hayes is somebody pretty far up there. Like yeah. the major league, the major league crop at third base is really bad right now. Um, well, and Hayes was really good last year. So, like, I mean, I, he you can't, was. He can't was. discredit he was. him. Um, not, you know, people drafting him, but like, you know, I wonder, like, I. I I'm obviously shying. I'm I'm shying away from a lot of these guys, to be honest with you, except for a Rosarina. Well, you kind of should. Um, you you know you can't. Uh, we haven't talked about Nick Madrigal yet. Um, I guess that would be a guy that like you know you're buying average and stolen bases from him. Maybe you know. Yeah. Like I, that that kind of that kind of movie. I didn't think he was somebody. a prospect. Still, he is. is. He considered? is. Okay. Yes. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't throw yes. money because I thought he might have been uh, too obvious, but yeah. The, the injury at the late at the end of the season kind of took him a little. Uh, okay. But he's supposedly 100% healthy. It was his non the throwing shoulder, um, and gotcha. like, but like he would be a guy that that would be somebody I would target. Um, specific, like you know, I I'm one of those guys that doesn't go into a draft that uh, is targeting specific guys. Um, up top, I'm looking for the best available player, and yeah. then what I end up should. doing, what I end up doing is I end up crafting the rest of the roster based on my deficiencies. Yep. So like, and I know, I know some guys will draft the same. Uh, they'll be in ten drafts and they'll draft the same share of you know Michael Conforto at number eight. You know, <laughs> eight times, eight times they've gotten him. You know. In their drafts, I'm not that kind of drafter. I don't have uh, the same guy, same right fielder, or same outfielders on any of my my squads. Like you know, uh, it just doesn't happen for me. So like, he would be a guy that I would target to help with my average and help with my stolen bases a little later on yeah. in the draft. Um, but yeah, the so I had one last question. I wiped out the last one that I initially sent you. I wanted to throw this out to you, just to educational purposes. So we talked, we talked about hitting grades. You know, we talked about these like prospect grades, right? Yeah. Can you explain what, how to read? Like, if you go to Fangrass, right? I see hit tool. 
50 slash 60. Game power, 50 slash 60. What do those mean? Explain this to the listeners. Okay, so I don't have my... I... I, I uh, all right. So Sorry, I know I threw this on you randomly. But 20, I 20, 80 no. scale. Let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. Right 80 is considered exceptional. 70 is considered double plus. 60 is considered plus. 50 is average. 40, 30, 20. Right. 20 is poor, terrible. So, like, you'll see in the major leagues, you'll see 20 run tools from some catchers. Um, who can't get down the line, you know, it's like, I remember watching a game uh, towards the end of his career, Fred McGriff, where he hit a ball off the Wrigley fence and left center field and got to first base. Like that's the kind of, that's 20 speed right there. Uh, when you, when you're, yeah, like that kind of thing. So a 20, a 20, a 20 power guy would be somewhere between zero and five home runs. All right. Okay. Okay. Um, a a eighty power guy would be forty five plus. All right. Okay. So Pete Alonso in two thousand nineteen was a eighty grade power guy. Ooh, not anymore. Okay. <laughs> but that's what he was, right? He had yeah, yeah, yeah. home runs. Okay. Um, and Christian Yelich was there too, and he wasn't there last year. Uh, so like with the power, that's what you're looking for. So, like, the average for so many years and um, was, like, 18 to 25 home runs. So that was 50 power. 50 power is no longer 18 to 25 home runs. We're looking more at, like, around 24 to 29. Yeah. Okay? Because, because of how that has uh, – I did an article in 2019, I believe, about how the power scale should change um, yeah. based on so. – based on, we, and we don't know if it was the juiced ball. We don't know if it was the swing. You know, I didn't make those assumptions. I just said, this is what we're seeing now. This is how we have to adjust our powers. Uh, so their first number is their present power or present thing. That first uh, number okay. that they show. This the second the one really is, is the projected in the future power. All so, right. like, which, which player did you look up? Just I just randomly went back to Jared Kalenic. Because okay, that's the last so, player I had up. So he's 50, so there, 50 60 so the, hit tool. Uh, evaluator there is Eric. Okay. And Eric, um, and and I, I will say this. Eric is a more conservative evaluator than what you see out there. He's more like a club um, scout than what you see out there with almost everybody else. Okay. okay. Um, so he's not <laughs> going to something more fun. Who do you got? He's not going to overhype <laughs> people. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's so fine. this so this evaluation here with Eric is an evaluation that like if I'm looking at as a fellow writer and I read all of my I, I know everything, not everything, but I know a lot about my competition. Uh, and he's not really competition because he's a pros- straight prospect writer and I'm a fantasy prospect writer. Mm-hmm. But like I know what my competitors like. I know what they overvalue and stuff. And I know like See, I know that Eric knows his own tells. I know my own tells. A lot of people don't know their own tells. The better evaluators know their own tells. And then they'll back it down kind of thing. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, like if anybody I go to, if I'm between a player, I go and look at Eric's profile. Or I've, I've texted him, too. Like, I've texted him, and I've been like, 
or um, a private messaged him and been like, hey, man, uh, I remember a few years ago it was Hunter Green. I was like, I've gotten so many different reports on Hunter Green. I don't know what to do. And he's like, this is what I saw. And I was like, thank you so much. He kind of broke it right there. And he's like, dude, I know what you're talking about. Same thing. Um, but like, that's the great thing. And he sees everybody too. So like, that's a big nice. thing. And I, I, I mean, there's other great prospect writers. I, I love what prospects live does. I love, you know, baseball America's the, the benchmark of everything and stuff. And Kylie does well. And Keith law does well. I mean, we've got a lot of great prospect writers and stuff, but like, that's one of the things I admire about Eric. So I'm glad that you picked off fan graph. Um, <laughs> totally and weird. also, also it's a good segue too. um, <laughs> We're having first pitch Arizona or first pitch Florida, a virtual event for baseball HQ in, in uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. And on Saturday, he and I and Emily Waldron of uh, Baseball America are doing a prospect chat where people can just ask questions. Uh, there's a registration fee. I hate hate it, but I don't really know what the price is. It's a it's a action packed weekend of fantasy baseball talk, but. We get to go, and we've done this for three, maybe four years in Arizona together, and like it, it's always a great time, and I always end up leaving the chat um, with with our attendees just amazed at what Eric If you've got knows. that link, send it to me tonight. I'll, I'll add okay. it to the show notes, man, and that, that, that's phenomenal. That, that, that's a great thing, man. Uh, but yeah, let, let's, uh, let's close out the show here. Um, Remind everybody, you know, we've alluded to many times. He's talked about baseball HQ, but we you know where where else can they find you on yeah. on the internet, man? So on Twitter, it's c underscore blessing. Uh, you can try to find me on Instagram, although I'm not as friendly there. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I I will say uh, you can find my work right now. Um, uh, if you find the Lindy's baseball preview, the the straight Lindy's, not the fantasy bait one. Um, I am the prospect guy in that that does the phenoms list. Uh, I did that list in uh, November and I feel like it or in October and I feel like it still stands up pretty well. Um, you can also find me in uh, USA Sports Weekly's uh, fantasy edition. Uh, baseball forecaster, Ron Chandler's baseball forecaster you can find me in. You can find me in the minor league baseball analyst. And if you're lucky, because I, I live another secret life of looking at amateur <laughs> prospects. If you're in the Georgia area, there's a very good chance that, not uh, a very good chance because there's a lot of baseball here, uh, but there's a chance you might find me. Um, right. I could be at NAIA Stadium. I could be at Division Two. I could be at a high school. And, you know, sometimes I'm even at, like, Georgia or Georgia Tech, if they allow me to go to those things. So, like, <laughs> you can find me a lot of places. Just don't stalk me. Um, <laughs> I, that's all I ask. Nobody. If you I need, mean, if you need us to stalk him, we, we'll do it for you guys. Just, just connect me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm but like, you can find me a lot of different places. And uh, uh, and finally, the last thing is, I'm going to be part of Pot uh, Palooza this weekend with Justin Mason. Yes, uh, on Saturday. Awesome. I'm on Sunday. I'm doing a prospect chat with some of my friends. I think nice. uh, uh, I don't know who exactly is going to be on there. I yeah. think Ralph is. I think Eric uh, Cross uh, is. So like, yeah. yeah. And I don't know if James Anderson. I always uh, James and I, another friend of mine, always run into each other in these uh, nice. these podcasts. So like, uh, I don't know if he's on my 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 grouping to be honest. But I know the other two are. So like, there's you know. 
tons of guys. Yeah, man, that's good. Good names there. I'm on. I'm on Saturday morning about ten forty-five. Uh, I know Dave Eddie's on Saturday afternoon around six o'clock, doing some second-year players, uh, and then you're on Sunday. So yeah, that's yeah. a fantastic podcast to follow. I've already I've already donated to the cause, so it's a it's a it's a great thing to donate to. There's giving us some great prizes yeah. too. So go ahead and follow Justin Mason and, and figure that stuff out, guys. It's it's a great thing. So I wait I'm to in. donate. I wait to donate until I'm off. Like I wait until. Because I don't know, Justin might just cut me off. If uh, I'm just kidding, just <laughs> Justin's a great guy. He, he's, nah. I got to hang out with him in Arizona a few years ago. And oh, just, yeah? uh, just enjoyed him. He's just a great guy. He's funny, man. He got all those T-shirts too that he got made. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I met, I met, I met the Roto Rotoware dude too. And Did I was you really? Like, I was like, "What's the deal?" He's like, "The dude just kept promoting my product, so of course I I made it. You know, I, I kept on making shirts. It's I mean, it, I mean, it was great. It's great, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff, man. All right, man. Well, hey, uh, thanks for coming on, man. This was a great conversation. As always, very uh, a lot of information. Uh, I'm gonna have to carry it to my dynasty and keeper leagues and things like that, and hopefully uh, run house like I usually do. Thanks to your help, so. Uh, uh, have a good night, man. We will yep. uh, catch you later in the season once the uh, first-year player draft comes around. Yeah, it's good seeing you, Joe. It's good seeing you, AJ. Uh, you know, just good luck in your leagues this year, and uh, hopefully, I get to see you later this season. We can talk about those first-year player guys. Yeah, definitely, man. Much appreciated, and uh, thanks for for staying up a little later uh, on on my behalf. Ah, uh, uh, it's fine. I I, I go to bed on. at I go to bed at one a.m. So don't worry about that. All right. Excellent. All right, man. Well, AJ, I don't think I have anything else to add. This was a great show. So we'll just uh, let Jeff cue the music and close it out. All right.